Well, hello, and welcome to the e-commerce evolution podcast, where we bring you the best of what's new and what's next in e-commerce. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce, and our mission with this show is to interview the top merchants, the top marketers, and the experts shaping the e-commerce industry. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify and their flagship app, Zipify Pages. Zipify Pages is an e-commerce sales funnel and landing page builder that seamlessly integrates into your Shopify store. Just start with one of a growing list of templates and then customize and go. These templates are created by my friend and eight-figure e-commerce store owner, Ezra Firestone. Each template is built with proven conversion elements, but also features a simple drag and drop editor. So you can truly make these pages your own, so you can customize and tweak and test and create some awesome landing pages and sales funnels. So check out all the details, sign up for the beta at zipify.com. Well, hello everyone, welcome to episode four of the e-commerce evolution podcast. Today is all about marketplaces and my guest is Mr. Mike Eugenio, co-founder and CMO of Sellbrite, a multi-channel listing and inventory management software. And Mike is a brilliant guy, knows marketplaces inside and out. He actually started in brewery marketing back in the day, transitioned to e-commerce, and he helped a hardware store grow from $25 million a year in online sales to over $80 million a year in online sales. And one of the, the largest sources of growth for them was marketplaces. So, of course, we'll talk about Amazon, how to be successful on Amazon. But we also dig into Walmart.com, Jet.com, Etsy, and a few others. Uh, we'll talk about mistakes to avoid, tips, trends, lots of other good stuff. So please enjoy my interview with Mike Eugenio. Mike Eugenio, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Really excited to have you here today. And, hello, and, hello. Yeah, hello how's from it going? Los Angeles. Uh, good, good. Excited to be on. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always love to talk to you. Love to hear what's going on with the marketplaces. I know you guys have your finger on the pulse of what's going on with marketplaces and man, talk about a topic that's relevant that every merchant needs to be considering and thinking about and, and forming their own strategies on. And so really excited to dive into the, the topic today. If you would though, Mike, give us a quick background on you know, who you are, what you did, because you've done some super smart things over the years. And then, and then talk a little bit about how you ended up here, right? So, so you're co-founder of Cellbrite, which is a, an amazing tool. So talk a little bit about your background and how you ended up starting Cellbrite. Yeah, well, way, way back, I, I started my career in uh, product marketing with uh, SAB Miller, actually, the, the brewery, um, nice, and uh, nice. did a lot of consumer um, product marketing and, and go-to-market strategy, um, but got into e-commerce in 2008. So I'm just curious, uh, I, I didn't know this about you, uh, Mike, so no, that's, yeah? that's super interesting. So what, what, what side of the brewery marketing did you, did you run? So I was on the brand side, um, actually working with, uh, actually it was through Miller Brewing Company, who was purchased by SAP back in 2008. And five, um, and uh, helped them launch a product here in the U.S. that had formerly been kind of a niche product. It was the Peroni Nastro Zero um, Italian beer. Um, and prior to that, um, Peroni was pretty much known exclusively as a, an Italian restaurant beer, and that's kind of the only place you would find it. Um, and so what we did was uh, Peroni had been acquired by SAB about a year prior. Um, the idea was to reintroduce it in the U.S. market, and um, we, I lived in Atlanta at the time, and we used Atlanta as a test market, just 
because of uh, a wide range of demographics and, and factors that made it a great test um, to see how the brand would play as a mainstream import beer. Um, and it was wildly successful and we rolled it out across the country and um, it was a very, very cool experience um, and got to work closely with the brand and understand, you know, how uh, brand kind of brand building happens on the unit economic side and, and what it takes to, to make a successful brand. Really um, and so that was really my springboard into e-commerce because I got an opportunity to work with a company that partnered very closely with brands um, to build them their own e-commerce website, essentially, almost like an outlet store. So, uh, so our you model. Took the, you took the very typical path of Italian beer marketing to e-commerce, which is which is yeah. pretty common, I think. Yeah. Yeah, my predecessors laid the groundwork, and I uh, I jumped right from selling beer to uh, to um, you know merchandising websites. Yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was actually a kind of a. a, a an odd but very natural and great fit um, because our model was one that uh, allowed us to build a whole uh, brand portfolio website for each of the effectively suppliers that we worked with. Um, and so I uh, became a, a buyer and a merchandiser um, for a, a a portfolio of different brands, different websites, really, um, and realized over the course of a, a few years that more and more of my business was being diversified across multiple platforms beyond just my own websites. So same store sales year over year, harder to comp against, um, saw sales growth on Amazon that was tremendous, on eBay that was tremendous, selling on Sears at the time, selling on shop.com, buy.com, which later went on to be Rakuten. Um, and saw these sales continuing to grow and realized, you know, A, I've got to change my merchandising strategy and, and uh, bring in more product to leverage these channels because every channel was a little bit different. Um, and B, uh, realized it was actually kind of difficult. It was difficult to pull it off from a technical standpoint. And that's actually where I met my partner, my current partner, uh, Brian, who was uh, working with the department at that company that was helping us expand to marketplaces. Um, and he also realized that it was very challenging. Um, and uh, we looked at some larger uh, tools at the time. We actually looked at Channel Advisor, who's still you know around today, sure. uh, and found it to be cost prohibitive for our business, um, even though at the time our company was doing uh, roughly $40 million a year in annual revenue. Um, so we were fortunate enough to be able to build some tools internally, but those were also difficult to build, difficult to manage. Um, and we realized if we're struggling with this, there have to be so many other companies struggling with this. There's got to be a better way to do it. Uh, and that was the springboard for building Cellbrite, which was, uh, you know, really born from our own pain. Uh, and our own learnings in e-commerce. Which is where I believe most great ideas come from. You experience pain, you figure out a solution, you go to market, which which is, uh, is the way things Yeah, work. I think so. And it gives you a little bit of empathy, too, for just how hard the problem really is, um, You know, particularly for companies that have fewer resources um, and are really, really struggling, really need help, uh, and know that with just a little bit of technical advantage and some advantage that you know, traditionally favored the wealthy. Um, if they had the tools that, uh, you know, some of their bigger competitors had, um, they would be able to be truly successful. Uh, and that's really what fuels us to this day is, is watching our customers come in and utilize our software and, and really grow. 
And, and so talk just briefly, because I think this will be a good setup. Some of those pain points that you experienced when you were at uh, CPO, I believe was the name of the company. Yep. Um, what were some of the, and, and talk a little bit maybe about the products you guys sold just briefly, but what were the pain points you were experiencing that you were trying to fix with kind of your internal homegrown tool uh, that, that now kind of Cellbrite helps with? Yeah, well, we really focused on home improvement goods, but that is a very broad category. So yes. we sold everything from appliances to and vacuum cleaners and hot water heaters to, um, you know, cordless power tools, really anything in the in the tool and construction uh, world um, to, uh, you know, $30,000 generators or, or um, metal gear lathes, like highly specialized equipment. So we sold a whole wide range of, of price points and items and brands. Um, and really the pain points were all very similar it was, uh, the ability to manage inventory across channels so that we didn't get into trouble selling products we didn't have. Um, you know, that becomes particularly important when you incorporate marketplaces where, you know, you're not the, uh, the landlord, you're a, you're a tenant. Um, and, uh, in addition to that, it was managing product data. You know, we had a team of people that were entering and cleaning up product data all day long um, because that's what it takes to have a consistent um, professional presence uh, across multiple channels. You have to have good data. It all starts with having good data. Um, so getting the data into your system, managing it in one spot and getting that data onto the sales channels that coupled with consistent and easy inventory management um, was, you know, those were our biggest pain points. Um, obviously, we had growing fulfillment problems that that change dynamically. And as you grow from 10 million to 20 to 40 to 100, it continues to evolve and, and be complex. And so you've got to adapt on the fly. Um, but the problems of managing inventory are consistent from day one. Yeah, totally makes sense. And I'm excited to dive into more about Cellbrite uh, later. And, and we'll, we'll dig into some of the specifics there. I think it's great. Uh, for people to even just think about how do we manage marketplaces better, whether you use a tool like Cellbrite or something else. But we'll, we'll dig into the details on that in a little bit. I, I want to look at marketplaces from a higher level for just a minute. And I, I think really if you look at a merchant, they usually have one of two perspectives on marketplaces. Uh, one, they either view them as a competitor, right? So the marketplaces are my competition, and I want to drive all my traffic to my site and be in control of that customer experience and I only want to sell there or the merchant sees marketplaces as a, a great channel for growth. And, and I, I really think that first option, you know, that's becoming more of the exception rather than the, the rule. Uh, there are some merchants also that kind of view a little bit of both, right? Uh, the frenemy thing, like, yes, I do want to sell on Amazon because I feel like I have to, but they're also kind of a competitor. And so I'm a little weary of it. Uh, but Talk a little about, if you would, you know, what are the pros and cons for selling on marketplaces? Maybe not necessarily to convince someone, because I think most people are probably either convinced or not at this point, but pros and yeah. cons on selling on marketplaces and, and what should merchants consider there? Yeah, well, um, you know, there are a couple of clear pr pr uh, pros, if you will, and that is that there's massive sales potential. Really, um, with few exceptions, if you add marketplaces to your portfolio, you're going to see increased sales. Um, you know, very rarely does that not happen. Uh, and largely it is your own fault as a retailer. I mean, it's that easy to add your add to your sales. Um, another thing that I think is a pro of selling on marketplaces is that the unit economics can actually be pretty attractive. Um, you can have a predictable cost of sale. 
um, you know, you know exactly what the commissions are going to be. And that is based on a built in traffic base. So you don't have, you know, if you're used to driving your e-commerce business with, with fluctuating ad spends and budgets, um, that, that gets simplified quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I don't think that can be understated in being able to predict, um, the, uh, P and L if you will, of, of adding to your business. Um, it, it also, that allows you to have pretty clear tactical goals. Uh, you know, if you know what the economics look like, you know, okay, if I can just reduce overhead a little bit, you know, as a focus for next quarter, then I can be much more profitable. Or if I can negotiate a couple of extra points off my cost of goods with my suppliers, I know that this is going to deliver X for my bottom line. Yeah, um, so, which is really interesting. I think a lot of people use that as a, as a sticking point. You know, I can't give up the 15% to Amazon or to eBay or whoever. But you know you're going to have a cost of sale regardless of what you do. You know we do we do a lot with Google Shopping and paid search, and and there is a cost of sale there as well, Absolutely. obviously. And so yeah, if you can get that predictable, maybe 15% is a little bit high given your margins, but you know what it's going to be, and so if you can work around it, you know that predictability is, is actually can be an advantage. It, it absolutely can. And, and, you know, depending on the vertical that you're in and how competitive it is, you know, 15% when you include um, all everything built in, it really isn't that terrible. I mean, for a, for a cost of marketing uh, and, uh, you know, transactional and, and, and everything that comes with it. So, um, I, yeah, I would argue that that it actually is reasonable. Um, you know, if you understand that and you understand what the alternative is and have a way to make that uh, cost of sale you know, work for you a little bit better yep, and agreed, with those tactical agreed. goals. Yeah. Um, you know, another pro is that there are many marketplace only customers that sell that like to shop only on certain marketplaces. I mean, so that, you know, this goes back into increasing sales, but um, you're going to be able to target those people if you make your your uh, products available, you know, and obviously you can go and, and you can promote and run, you know, ads on various marketplaces as well to, to get even more targeted. But um, there are a lot of customers that only like to, to shop on certain marketplaces or niche marketplaces, um, you know, if it's a very, very specialized vertical like bike products or things like that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, another, I guess the last pro is uh, marketplaces can be, if, if you're a, a merchant that is normally a little averse to the idea or feel like a marketplace is a competitor, you know, it can be a distribution channel for your the products that you don't want to feature anymore. So out of season goods, E&O, excess and obsolete, um, returned items, you know, things like that. Uh, it can be a great way to, to help you free up cash uh, off your balance sheet. Uh, now, as far as cons of the marketplaces, you know, the flip side of the economics can be attractive argument is that the economics can also be a little bit difficult, right? I mean, if you are running on thin margins, um, that that additional cost of sale can be difficult for you. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it, it, uh, something that you just kind of have to kind of have to weigh into whether or not it's the right fit, whatever your uh, what your model looks like. Um, really, I think, though, the biggest con to selling on marketplaces, if you will, is that there's very little brand loyalty. Right. So it's a highly transactional relationship. Yeah. Um, you don't own that customer relationship once they you don't buy own the your product. At all. Right. Um, and to various extents, you have the opportunity to promote your brand and who you are. Um, but some marketplaces really don't want you doing that at all. They want you to be a price uh, and an ability to ship. And that's really it. You know, and that that, you know, no, no example is clearer of that than really Amazon, where you have very limited brand property. Um, so, you know, 
that's a that's a clear con. I mean, we as retailers are always thinking about how do I get repeat business? How do I um, build my lo- brand loyalty and and lower that cost of sale over time? Um, you know, how do I build something that's defensible? Well, a marketplace is not a way a great way. Adding marketplaces or solely relying on marketplaces is not a great way to build a defensible um, you know brand. Yeah, I agree. And I think where where some people will fall into a trap is if they think they can only do marketplaces or only do marketplaces forever. And you're right. I mean, the, Amazon owns the customer relationship and, and Amazon has all the customer loyalty. And probably if someone's buying your product, unless it's a brand you manufacture, they're not even thinking about you as the seller who's getting the goods to Amazon. They're just thinking about Amazon and the and the product. And, and so I think you have to view it as part of the, the whole. You know, this is a channel where I can drive a lot of sales and then I can use those profits to further grow my business and to, to grow the brand and tell the brand story in other ways. And so I think really, just like with most things in business, you have to understand the nature of marketplaces and how do you utilize them and, and not being too dependent on them, but also not ignoring them because customers are shopping there, your competitors are there. And so if you're not there, you're potentially missing out. And so it's at least something you've got to, to consider there. So okay. yeah, for sure. Very good. Very good. Awesome stuff. So uh, we'll talk about Amazon more yeah. as we just go. To oh, cu- yeah, go ahead. Not to cut you off, Brett, but just to like to make your point hit home. I mean, I work with Amazon merchants all day long, helping them sell through Amazon's marketplace. And when I buy on Amazon, I am <laughs> totally guilty of not taking the time to understand who I'm even shopping from. I mean, it is that transactional to, I feel like if anybody should have empathy for this, it should be me. Yeah. Um, but it's just, that's how transactional it is. And that's what Amazon wants, right? They want the shopper to not think about anything, but okay, that's the product I need. Okay. Maybe I want to read some reviews on it. I want to pull the trigger. I want to click with one click. I want to have it, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. And they're really, really good at it. So it's, uh, you know, Take that for what you will. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Now, I'll make a quick plug for a great product that I, I highly recommend. I'm a huge hot sauce fan. And so we found, my wife and I found this hot sauce when we were on a cruise to Belize. A few oh, years my ago God. Called Marie Look, is it Marie Sharp's? Yes. Oh, Marie my God. It's my favorite hot sauce oh, in the world. I put that on everything, man. I put that on absolutely everything. I, I am completely addicted to it. But, uh, you know, brought it back from the cruise. One of my kids dropped it and broke it, and I was devastated. I didn't think I could find it. But, you know, we looked on Amazon, and, of course, it's there. But I know I'm not buying from Marie Sharps. It's maybe like you know, hot sauces, thirty five yeah. unlimited or whatever. But I don't even I don't even know. I just think about I'm thinking about Marie Sharps and thinking about Amazon makes it all all easy. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I, I I rarely meet people that know about Marie Sharps. So um, that you just made my day. I I even considered buying my in laws some so that it would be there when we have dinner there, because uh, I've been there <laughs> eating tacos or something. Like oh, you, you, we need we need good hot sauce. But For all of you listening out there, it's a carrot-based hot sauce. Yeah, I highly recommend. Carrot habanero. Oh man, so yeah. good, so good. Uh, cool. So we'll we'll continue to talk about Amazon. There's a lot to cover there, but I think it's important to look beyond that. And and so from your perspective, Mike, what are some of the biggest marketplace opportunities for 2017 outside of Amazon? Yeah. Well, there's a lot. I mean. Um, I'm going to start with talking about eBay, actually. You know, eBay gets a lot of flack for being kind of an older marketplace and on the decline, but that's actually not true. I mean, eBay had a great year last year. They added um, 
a lot of shoppers to their marketplace globally. I think they reported adding, you know, several million new shoppers on the eBay marketplace um, for the year. Yeah, and they're, um, and they're and still they're, they're still growing, right? I mean, they're growing maybe yeah. in single digits, but I think that's kind of the rub is people are like, well, e-commerce is growing at fifteen percent, so if you're below that, you're not growing. But but the truth is, eBay is still growing. Yeah, the, the reality is eBay actually slowed down their growth, but is now kind of turning things around. So, you know, eBay did, there was a, a, some reason to criticize eBay in years past, but um, they're making some great moves. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we're most excited about is, is their structured data initiative, um, which is effectively trying to implement a catalog um, an internal catalog on the eBay marketplace to help merchants that are listing products um, enrich their their listings, um, you know, centralize uh, product data so that as a shopper you're seeing a consistent uh, consistent experience. You know, when you're looking at at, at, at maybe the same product from multiple merchants, um, it's helping improve their SEO um, and uh, uh, you know we're we're really bullish about that. I mean, we we actually launched a partnership with eBay a few months ago um, that, that we're really excited about to help merchants get onto the eBay marketplace, uh, merchants that, that are previously selling, you know, on their own branded store only. Um, and uh, I think that initiative alone is going to pay huge dividends. Um, some of the benefits to, to sellers are that they're almost being forced trained to get more organized with their product data. So if you're not used to uh, like an Amazon-like experience, um, or uh, just simply don't have a great SKU system in place. You know, these are things that are going to become more prevalent part of uh, selling on eBay. Where in years past, it really was it was more of an afterthought, uh, having SKU management and whatnot. So I think that they're going to bring a lot more organization and, and uh, coherence to the work that sellers are doing to get on the marketplace. And I think it's going to really benefit buyers uh, or shoppers on the platform. Um, Great. So don't, really don't count grow. eBay out. I love it. Don't count eBay out. Some competition. You know, one last thing about eBay too is that. Um, of all of the marketplaces, eBay probably allows the best canvas for promoting your brand because you, know, you can build a custom template that really embodies your brand and you can make your listings look, you know, as professional and as on target as you'd like. And that's really important. Um, that's a key part of standing out and being successful on eBay. Um, but just as a, as a merchant, uh, as a brand, if you can add a little bit more to your identity on a large sales channel, then that's a huge win. Um, and eBay does that better than most. Love it. Uh, another another marketplace that that is on the rise as well and, and growing faster than eBay uh, is Etsy. You know, we talked about Etsy before, but Etsy is now a public company. They're they're really doubling down on growth. Um, they're opening up a little bit on the uh, the types of products that you can list onto Etsy. Um, so it's e a little bit easier now for um, merchants that are selling private label products or their own brand of products that maybe weren't handmade you know, as previously required in the past to get onto Etsy and to find success. Um, if I recall correctly, Etsy was reporting, you know, well into double digits and up to like 30, 40% growth um, last year. So uh, pretty big, pretty big uh, moves coming from Etsy as well. Nice. Um, but, you know, I think you mentioned this earlier, but um, Walmart is one channel that is the kind of the hot channel to look at right now. Uh, Walmart has made no secret of the fact that they're serious about e-commerce. They're investing billions of dollars into e-commerce. Um, you know, there are requirements to get onto Walmart. You need to kind of be an established player and have some have some sales. Um, but you know, I, I look to Walmart to maybe relax some of those standards this year. Hopefully, um, there aren't a ton of retailers on Walmart yet. 
So there is wide open opportunity. There's not a lot of competition on various products. Um, and the opportunity is really massive. You know, one of the things about Walmart is that there's a broad range of categories that they kind of excel at. So what we've seen um, in our limited time with Walmart is we have merchants that are that are very successful selling apparel, selling um, accessories uh, and like eyewear, selling home appliances, uh, pet supplies, you know, a lot of different different verticals that are um, ripe for for penetration on that marketplace. So, uh, you know. There's a lot of opportunities outside Amazon. I, I mean, and that's just three. You know, we, Walmart recently acquired Jet.com, which is also another very hot property. And, um, you know, I think that that is going to, I think that was a, a good move for them. I think that there's some techno, techno, technology, excuse me, uh, that uh, Walmart's going to be able to leverage that Jet brought to market. Um, that's yeah. going to help give them a competitive edge. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. In fact, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. I think that would be really interesting. You know, and, and I actually, I spoke at, uh, IRCE last year, and then afterwards got to meet some of the folks from uh, the Walmart marketplace, and it just became very clear that they are serious about this. You know, they want to go toe to toe with Amazon. Uh, they want to be a, a real player online, and and you're right, it's pretty hot. I, I do talk to a lot of merchants that are considering Walmart. How do we get on Walmart? How do we maximize that? But I want to talk about that acquisition uh, of Jet briefly, and just get your take on it. Very interesting. Uh, for those that don't know, I think it was in August of 16. Walmart acquired Jet for $3 billion. I think it was one of the mm -hmm. largest e-commerce acquisitions uh, ever, which yeah. is pretty, pretty substantial. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people count Walmart out in terms of online sales, but, but if I'm not mistaken, they're the second largest e-commerce site in, in terms of traffic behind Amazon. They may be yeah. a distant second, but still they're second. And, uh, and really, really growing. So uh, any other insights on, on how you think that acquisition of jet.com now teamed up with walmart.com how will that impact the marketplaces and how will that benefit merchants yeah that was quite an acquisition that's a lot of money yeah, yeah. um you know i i think that it's we're still a little bit in wait and see sure. um walmart initially announced that they do intend to keep both properties separate and i think that there is good reason for that uh, for now, just because Jet has invested so much into promoting its brand and driving traffic. Um, and, uh, you know, they've done a really good job in a short amount of time of getting buyers onto the platform. Um, but but there are already plans for Walmart to incorporate. And when I say plans, I kind of maybe put that in quotation marks for Walmart to incorporate Jet's um, proprietary discount tiered shopping cart technology. And I think that that is, you know, the, one of the big drivers for the acquisition. Um, I think that uh, that would give Walmart a, a strong competitive edge over some of its uh, targeted rivals um, and, uh, you know, be able to offer what they delivers their brand promise, which is offering, you know, everyday low prices um, to to customers. So um, I, I think that you're going to see them couple quite a bit uh, together. Uh, I don't know how fast it's going to happen. Uh, and as a, as a provider that's integrating with both solutions, you know, we're um, keen to to learn more uh, and, you know, continue to just promote success on on the marketplaces as we see them now. Um, but I do think that there's going to be some technological consolidation for sure. Yeah, I think there will, there will need to be and maybe some consolidation of the teams and, you know, learning from both sides and kind of combining that into a pretty powerful force, which, which will be great. Um, yeah. what, what is, what's some of the feedback you're hearing from merchants? Uh, cause I, I think you mentioned this is the, 
those are the two platforms that are the fastest growing in terms of merchants saying, you know, I want on that marketplace. What's some of the feedback you're hearing from merchants as they get on those platforms? Like where are they seeing success? Is it working well for them? Yeah, um, well, the feedback is that it's a little challenging, right? Um, both, neither of these uh, platforms came out of the gate saying, we want to make it easy for merchants to sell through us. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, Jet requires full-on uh, third-party integration. Um, you can't go direct. Walmart uh, offers a little bit more of a challenging uh, interface if you're going direct. Um, Walmart is taking a, a page out of Amazon's playbook in terms of kind of how it's structuring its catalog. Uh, and, you know, they want to try to consolidate products. They want to consolidate product IDs and, and um, you know, keep uh, their catalog as clean as possible. Um, and, and really, that's kind of gives credence to you know, my philosophy of like selling on any channel, which is that good, clean data helps you win. Uh, you need to. So true. So true. You need to own your the responsibility of of managing your product data as a retailer. That's like rule number one. And the second that you say, okay, I'm responsible for keeping, you know, my product data up to date and keeping it stored locally and not just relying on a third party for my product data. Um, the second you do that, the second you start to get an advantage on a vast majority of merchants that are, um, you know, in some ways. Um, how do you put this made made a little lazy by the advent of like an Amazon that uh, allows you to piggyback on its product data. Right. Um, you know, previously to date, in order to be successful, you have to be uh, the provider of product data, whether it's on your e-commerce store or on eBay, you know, but Amazon was the first one to say, we're going to make it really easy to sell products. Uh, and, and that is, has been great for merchants that are selling on Amazon and you're seeing a lot of success. Um, but diversifying your strategy, going in and becoming a multi-channel merchant, becoming a real retailer, it, that it, that puts you a little bit behind. So managing your product data, I think, is uh, is the key to being successful. Honestly, Walmart offers a ton of category-specific optional fields like Amazon does. So when you're creating, um, you know, a new product on Walmart, you can really enrich that product and make it highly searchable. Uh, Walmart's search is largely driven by those item attributes. So the more time you spend, you know, really um, clarifying what who your product is for, what subcategories and subcategories the better off you're going to be. And that is tricky. It takes time. Um, it, there's no denying that it, it's a challenge and it's a challenge that, you know, I'm, we're excited to be helping merchants solve through Sellbrite. Um, but it is still a challenge that involves, you know, coming to the table with, with your data in hand. Um, yeah, so that's really see, my key. I mean, it's, it's not revolutionary. It's not cutting edge, but it is like, it's what works is, you know, having your, your, a handle on your product information. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to the, you know, use a sports analogy and, and Vince Lombardi, it kind of goes back to the blocking and tackling, you know, good yeah. football teams block and tackle. And and yes, there may be some trick plays or some really cool dynamic things that they do, but if you don't block and tackle, you're going to be out of luck. And we see it all the time where merchants are limited on their data or they've been sloppy with their data in the past and it really short changes things. You know, we do a lot with Google shopping management and running PLAs for clients and 
If you don't have clean data there, you're you're totally hosed, or or you're at least put at a disadvantage to the competition. You're going to pay more for things uh, if your data is not clean. So, I, I think you're absolutely right. You have to invest in your data, take time with your data, think about that as a strategy piece, and you know our data is what allows us to connect to customers and have the right message and the right you know get in front of the right people. So. I love that you pointed that out. I think I, I do think that's that's huge. Um, any any tips there? And this was kind of unplanned, but any tips on getting your data right? Any anything you would uh, you'd advise people on? Oh, you know, I would say be prepared to when you say invest in that. You know, have a a team or a person that's going to help you that yep. un, that understands why it's so important. Um, you know, there isn't one ultimate source of product data. You know, to in order to um, be in order to do the job well these days, I mean, you're leveraging existing sources, right? You're looking at Amazon, you're looking, at, you're searching UPCs, you're looking at the supplier's website, like you're collecting information, and it's not a sexy, it's not sexy, um, but it, yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a, a, a secret or, or a hack for that. Got to be willing to do the work, right? <laughs> have, have really, yeah. got to be willing to do the work. Have somebody on like your team that owns it, you know, value it. Make yep. sure it's stressed to the team that hey, this we will, you know, we will either succeed or or do okay, you know, based on our based on our our data. So yeah. um, it's interesting. We you know we help some merchants with their Amazon sponsored products and some of their Amazon strategy, and then we also help merchants diversify and start selling on Google and building their own sites and things like that. But I was just talking to one of our merchants the other day who were helping with. Amazon sponsored products, and then there, there's actually two of them that kind of work closely together. They're both, you know, the bulk of their business is on Amazon, but they're both now on on Jet and Walmart. It's new for them, so this isn't a great comparison. But you know, they're, the volume they're doing on on Amazon is probably 20x to what they're doing on on um, uh, Jet or Walmart. But the interesting thing about both Jet and Walmart is you, you will see listings on Google PLAs, and you know, you're, you're seeing those. Yep marketplaces investing in in marketing dollars uh what what are you seeing just kind of anecdotally from from your merchants uh, are they seeing volume really pick up with uh, on on walmart and jet like is that is that growing noticeably over time um yeah absolutely now i don't have i'm not privy yet to a lot of jet information because we're still building our integration with jet gotcha. um so for us, really, our data is limited to what we see on Walmart. Um, but uh, there's no denying that the results have come in. They're, they're coming in quickly. Um, there, are, there is a massive opportunity, and you pointed at it earlier when you said that you know, Walmart's traffic is, is not insignificant. No. Um, you know, as a brand, they're a brand that you can partner with and that you really want to work with. Um, and they're a brand that represents variety. Um, so uh, I would say, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're very excited. Um, we, there's a lot that we hope to do with Walmart this year to help, you know, further promote the Walmart selling uh, opportunity to merchants. Um, and, uh, and our, I actually haven't had a single conversation with a customer that's come back and said, Hey, you know, you sold me a, a bag of goods on Walmart. Right. That's, that's no good. Yeah. Um, that has not happened yet. So yeah, yeah I think that's good. not, lot. not surprising, not surprising, but that's great. So, yeah. okay, good. Well, Hey, we have to talk about Amazon. So let's dig into Amazon a little bit. I lo love what Amazon's doing. You know, I'm a customer. Yeah. I think it's hard to overstate how much they're growing. You know, they're a massive company still growing at, you know, in the high twenties to 30% year over year. It's just, it's just insane. 
But what what are some considerations that you would tell merchants that they need to think about for 2017 and and how to succeed on Amazon? Yeah, um, you know, Amazon is like you said, Amazon's growth is is uh, impressive, and it's really lifting all merchants up, um, including merchants that sell commoditized products or are reselling, you know, in a fiercely competitive vertical. Um, if you are one of those types of merchants that sells commodities and uh, and or are reselling product alongside you know thirty other merchants, um, I would start to worry about or start getting serious about um, your source of supply and just your sourcing. Uh, and I mean, this may sound a little weird, but you kind of alluded to it earlier. And I think this is part of the strategy that, you know, your company even works with is, is, uh, or, or uh, believes in my, my biggest recommendation really for Amazon merchants that are primarily Amazon. And I have that conversation all the time. You know, I do 20 X on Amazon, what I'm doing, you know, on other channel, a B or C, uh, my biggest recommendation is to start thinking longer term. Um, Amazon is a great partner and a great resource and, you know, they're growing um, and you're going to see growth there. But Amazon's not your friend right, as, right. A, as a business. Um, you know, Amazon will see an opportunity in a vertical and they'll go for it. Um, they're also doing what they can to promote shopping for the, the shopper. I mean, Amazon is a buyer friendly business. Absolutely. Um, and diversification is key for merchants today. Risk management, key for business, for merchants today. Um, you know, we talked about this earlier, you're never gonna build a brand or loyal following by being a Amazon only seller um, or being a marketplaces only seller really. So um, my recommendation is to start thinker, thinking longer term um, and look at taking your brand and, and really start investing in um, in having your own destination where you can own customers, where you can start in uh, practicing some email marketing, some repeatable business, uh, driving repeatable business. Um, because if you don't and you're selling commodities, you're gonna get squeezed out. And whether that happens this year or next year or five years from now, you know, um, times might be really good now, but if you're not protecting yourself, getting serious. I mean, if you are selling commodities, that's fine. Or if you're reselling, that can be okay. You know, our my, uh, former life in e-commerce was selling highly commoditized home improvement goods, but we got serious about our supply and our sourcing. We partnered very closely with the manufacturer. We tapped into sources of um, defensible inventory, unique inventory, you know, reconditioned product, returns, E&O, things that we could get our hands on that we knew other people couldn't. Um, so there is a way to do it. And if you're, you know, working well with your partner, you can negotiate for better terms, you know, things that can allow you to potentially beat out your competition in, on price. Um, so there are certainly ways to be successful, but, but, um, really, I, you know, diversification is key. That's, that's kind of my biggest recommendation for merchants is don't just say, Hey, things, this is the way things work for me on Amazon. So I want to, I need to keep doing more of that only. Completely, 100% agree. I think there there are, isn't there isn't another opportunity out there like Amazon. It's just totally unique, and it's both in its scale and its ease of getting going and all of those things. But it's not going to be the same forever. And yeah, Amazon has not a lot of interest in in making you happy, uh, only to the extent that they can make customers happy. And so, 
100% agree on the, the diversification message, and, and you have to be thinking long-term. So I love that. Um, this this kind of ties into that, but what are some of the biggest mistakes you see? Because I know you're talking to, to merchants all day long that sell on Amazon. What are some of the mistakes, other than, than putting all their eggs in one basket, what are some of the mistakes people make on Amazon right now? Yeah, um, you know, there is... Uh it seems like the number of merchants that are getting their selling privileges suspended is going up. And I don't know if that's because the number of merchants that are going up in general is happening or if, you know, Amazon's really cracking down on metrics that maybe they weren't so harsh on before, but we have a lot of merchants that come to us and say, Hey, you know, I, um, heard about Celebrite and you, know, you guys work with Amazon. I just lost my selling privileges. Can you help? <laughs> well, no, I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. we can't really help you. Um, you know, we don't know anything about your business. I don't know why you may have lost them, but uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, it, it is um, unfortunate, you know, accidental reasons. Like maybe they were um, working with a, an inventory management partner, and, and that partner um, wasn't reliable and couldn't help them, you know, mark their orders as shipped, and then that ended up costing them a lot. Um, but but most of the times, it is um, it is you know just not following standards, um, having upset customers, not taking care of your customers, not shipping orders fast enough, um, being out of stock, canceling orders, you know, the, the things that, that you don't want to do. I mean, those are still the biggest mistakes is, is being buyer oriented. Don't, you know, not overselling, taking care of your customers and taking responsibility for the fact that you're there. I mean, again, you're a tenant in someone else's building. So if you lose the right to live there, um, you know, and you can lose that right on a whim, which goes back to diversification and you know thinking longer term. Um, but if that happens, you know, largely it's because you weren't being responsible enough about your business. Now, those are some obvious mistakes. I think being on Amazon, right? I mean, you, you should sure. know sure. like that you need to play follow the rules. Um, I now more strategically, you know, and uh, not to ruffle any any merchant feathers out there but Ooh, I, I like how this is starting i like how this is starting. this is great you know i we work with a lot of merchants that are 100 percent fba right that are using amazon as their warehouse and look if you're selling only on amazon fba provides a very tightly coupled hands-free um, operation where you don't need to worry about fulfillment you know they can handle a lot of the responsibility for you personally i think going 100 percent fba is a mistake I think that merchants should um, try their best to work to a point where they can control the customer experience and they control the fulfillment. Um, they control the returns process uh, and, uh, you know, they figure out how to make that work for their unit economics. You know, it's certainly possible. Retailers have been doing it for a long time since e-commerce started. So um, the advent of FBA in some ways is uh you know, like I said earlier, Amazon's allowing people to get away with being lazy. Um, and now there are advantages, obviously, you know, if you use FBA, you can qualify for, for prime, right, um, but there are ways to yeah. do that as well. Right. I mean, right. you can, you can qualify for seller fulfilled prime if you're a, a merchant in any reasonable good standing, um, and test that out. Um, but, uh, you know, being hundred percent FBA has other limiting factors. It's going to prohibit you from, um, fulfilling other channel orders that you may want to sell on uh, as uh, cost effectively. You know, there are additional fees for multi-channel fulfillment. Now, um, for some businesses, that's okay. And it's very reasonable. And, and 
it may be a stepping stone to going multi-channel using FBA multi-channel fulfillment. Um, but in some cases, like you can't sell on Walmart if you're a hundred percent FBA seller. So right, even right. if you're doing, you know, $30 million a year and you're a serious player and you go to Walmart and say, Hey, I'm a big deal. They're going to say, Hey, you're a big deal, but you're not, you're violating our rules. So, um, you know, I think that going 100% FBA is um, a shortcut to being successful and profitable short term on Amazon, but it's not a good long term play. Yeah, um, I think again, it goes back to the diversification, right, and being a being a real business and building value and and building something sustainable. Uh, yep. That's great. I think that's I think that's great advice. Well, cool. Well, let's let's talk about Cellbrite a little bit because you know I love love the solution. I was first introduced to you guys through. A friend of mine, William Harris, who just was raving about how awesome the platform is and how affordable and all that. But talk a little bit about what does Cellbrite do? How do you make managing inventory, managing marketplaces easy? So just give us the the pitch on that. Yeah, um, you know, one of the I think sometimes misconceptions about um, well, maybe it's Cellbrite, maybe it's other multi-channel inventory management solutions is that we are you know marketplace only focused uh, and a, a large number of our merchants come to us actually for the opposite reason that are selling on marketplaces and need and want to start you know practicing or building for the future and they want to start building that, their own e-commerce presence um, and uh, being a little bit more disciplined um, so Cellbrite does help m making selling on marketplaces easier it also just helps make to make selling easier um, you know, it, it, it's a uh, not a, a really a nice to have for um, for a multi-channel business, but is really essential that you have one place to um, operate from. Um, you know, without good inventory management, honestly, when you when we factor in the potential suspension or you know bad reviews or um, just you know bad uh, customer impressions, your business is a ticking time bomb without having something that like that in place like Cellbrite. Without good analytics, you're not going to be able to react quickly enough. You're not going to be able to replenish quickly enough. You know, you're, you're flying blind. Um, and uh, so really, it's, it's not so much making, you know, selling on these channels easier as much as it's really making it possible and, uh, and, and safe for your business so that you can start to invest in the things that you really need to be doing, like building your brand strategy, your messaging, you know, working with new suppliers, things like that, that should be taking up your time as a retailer instead of like, I'm going to just manage my inventory quantities manually. You know, that's, that is what we would call it a not so smart use of time. Right. right. Um, so, so really, you know, our, our goal is to make, uh, commerce easier, uh, and more successful. Um, we integrate with a, you know, a host of different e-commerce platforms and marketplaces. Um, and our goal is, to, you know, aside from managing inventory, uh, which is kind of a common denominator for a lot of inventory management solutions, but we do help you list your products onto those channels. So Cellbrite is in a, in a lot of ways a, a mini PIM system, you know, and helps you manage your product information. Um, so your catalog would live in our system. And from there, we can help you list onto various channels and keep everything in sync, you know, nice and easy, um, as well as, uh, you know, manage your quantities, um, help you ship orders. Uh, we've got fantastic shipping integrations, run reports, and really everything that a retailer you know needs to do in order to, again, spend the time on the things that matter and are actually going to help them move the needle. Yeah, so that's where, the, where the, we go back to the data component and where you guys can really help someone get good, clean data and then make sure they send that out everywhere. Is that also something you exactly. guys help consult with or, or advise your customers on how to 
how to really get good data and how to win in these some of these marketplaces? We do. So we don't actually offer like a we don't basically we don't charge for our, our expertise. We work very closely with anybody that um, uses our software. Uh, you can have a dedicated success manager um, that will work with you to set goals, to talk about best practices, to understand exactly what your business is doing today and what it really needs to do to move forward. Um, you know, unlike some of the solutions out there, we don't we're not a consulting house. I mean, we're a we're a software company. We're um, purely focused on our people and our product. Um, and we talk, uh, you know, to our customers really about everything that they could potentially be doing better and how they can accomplish it through sell, right? You guys, you guys are in the marketplaces day in and day out talking to merchants every single day. So you guys know your stuff. Yeah, thanks. We, you know, it's uh, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> Every day, I learn something new, um, and we have some incredible customers uh, that are teaching us about um, you know new features on a channel that maybe weren't very well announced or things that we didn't know of before, helping us realize pain points that we never have, have had even realized before. Um, it's a fantastic industry to be in, and you know, um, there are a lot of cool products out there solving all sorts of different problems for, for retailers. So if you aren't in retail yet or in e-commerce and you're thinking about it, you know, there's never been a better time to start a retail business uh, and better tools to help you get going. Um, yep. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So where can people learn more about Sellbrite? Maybe start their 14 day trial. Yeah. You know, We're really easy to work with. You know, you just go to sellbright.com and you can start a trial of our software. Um, we will reach out to you immediately and your onboarding manager will um, work with you to understand exactly what, what jobs you need us to help you with. Um, and, uh, what, you know, set that plan in motion. Um, we're very hands-on. Uh, you can also, you know, schedule a call to talk with us if you want to just chat about your specific requirements. Again, we're really easy to, to work with. So you can go to sellright.com and, and learn all about us. Um, and, uh, if you're, uh, going to be attending, uh, IRCE in a couple months, so we just, uh, confirmed that we're going to be there. Um, so, uh, booth 575, would love to see everybody. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Super, super excited about that. In fact, I, I hear we are going to be neighbors, the OMG Commerce booth Oof, right next that's to That's true. was not planned, but, but hey, it's awesome and we'll, we'll take it. So some Yeah, I look forward to doing our next podcast live from IRCE face-to-face. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's schedule it. Let's plan it right now. I love it. So awesome. uh, very good, Mike. This has been tremendous. We'll definitely have you on again to talk marketplaces. Uh, do check out Sellbrite and see what they have to offer. Also, I, I can't understate how awesome your blog is. And uh, you guys Thank work you. very hard to get some really dynamic pieces on there, how to grow your e-commerce business, how to grow in marketplaces. It's kind of anything and everything e-commerce, very well curated. And I'm not just saying that because I'm one of the, the authors, but uh, it's, very, <laughs> it's very good stuff. So you got to check out the blog at Sellbrite as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different topics, you know, anything from driving traffic to pricing strategy. Um, we're, we're working on some really exciting content for this year too. So thank you for mentioning that cool. and I uh, look forward to sharing that content with everyone. Yep. Check it out. Absolutely. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear more of, what types of guests you'd like to see on the show. Uh, please leave us a review on, on iTunes. If you're so inclined, that helps other folks find out about the show. And with that, uh, we encourage you to keep growing.
At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.